Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, and today we have two very, very special guests in the form of Will Darville, Design Leader Lining at at Dyson and Associate Professor Sean Kane, a circadian rhythm expert to talk about what's new in lighting, where lighting is going and why lighting is really, really important for the, for the workplace space. So welcome to Architecture and Design, Will and Sean. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so let's talk lighting, all things lighting. So lighting is really a science is it not i mean without being facetious or, or glib it really is a science more more so than people actually understand um and there is a thing about what's called circadian lighting so can you please give me a, a quick a quick um uh, rundown so circadian lighting is is lighting that takes into account the fact that we have these internal clocks in our brain and throughout our bodies but at the base of the brain, you have an actual physical clock. It keeps 24-hour time. But it only knows what time of day it is through the lighting in the outside world. Now, a lot of us use our phones at night or have very irregular schedules, and that's contrary to how we evolved. We evolved to have the sun rising, sun setting, and that was the only light source that kept our clocks in check, kept us uh, on the right time. But now, because we have all of these other light sources and we can control them anytime we want, uh, that's problematic. So what circadian lighting does is it brings us back to nature, basically. It takes the light control kind of out of our hands and gives us the right light at the right time to have healthy circadian rhythms, healthy 24-hour rhythms. Interesting you use the word evolve. Uh, humans would have evolved originally as being nocturnal hunters would not I mean I'm going back a million years or so over time I assume we we changed is that is that is that kind of correct well I, I'd say no no okay no it's fine <laughs> yeah so we've been as far as I know uh, all, all hominids were pretty much diurnal or day active they are but they? yeah I could be wrong I, I, I don't know I wasn't around so yeah, I couldn't no, tell you none sure. of us were around yeah. um, where do these theories come from then if if, if it's not a, an issue of evolution the, the issue of of changing the warmth and the colors or, or to change the mood or to suit our mood and to suit our age apparently that's that's another thing that, that, that you're, you're working on is that where where does this come from and why is this important well to, to put the problem into context um, if you were to condense down the entirety of human evolution into just 24 hours, right. we only would have had electrical artificial lighting for just over a minute. Fair enough. And so for really, for most of our existence as a species, we've evolved and, and, and evolved to both survive and thrive under the cycles of natural light. However, now we spend you know, up to 90% of our time indoors under electrical artificial lighting, and this can be entirely at odds with natural light. As you okay. said, just flicking a switch, yeah. and then you're getting you know, something out of a light fixture. The workplace is changing, so lighting's changing too, isn't it? Um, and how is that? How how is manifesting? So, so lighting technology has changed lots. Um, you know, the first artificial light that we invented as a species was fire, um, and I was talking, talking to Sean about this yesterday. It's actually it was a really good thing for us to kind of luck upon. Um, right, because you you mentioned the color of lights. Yes, 
and it really does matter a lot. So we now know, about 20 years ago, we discovered that uh, this particular light-sensitive cells in the eye right. uh, contain a, something called melanopsin, which, okay. which responds to blue light. So that thing that sends a signal to the clock at the base of our brain is very, very sensitive to blue light. So you don't need very much of it to essentially trick your clock into thinking it's daytime when it's night. On the other hand, uh, it's quite insensitive to more red or orange light. So when we were sitting by a fire and, and staring at it, we might not have been disrupting our clocks very much. But right. now with this proliferation of you know, LED lights that tend to be blue and rich, uh, we end these light-emitting devices that we have, our phones, uh, iPads, etc. Right. Uh, they're quite blue and rich. They're, therefore, they could be disruptive if used at night. Again, you're, you're tricking your clock into thinking it's daytime, not night. Uh -huh. When you're under more, more orange-red light, you're less sensitive to it, so it's, it's less of a problem. So that's, the early fire wasn't as much of a problem. Maybe the original incandescent lights weren't that big of a problem, but, but now we're in a, in a different space. Okay, so you guys have been working on a product for the past two years, I believe. Uh, 90 engineers have been working on this, slaving away under, I assume, very nice circadian lighting. Um, uh, light cycle, is that, is, that, is that what it's called? That's right. We call it the Dyson Light Cycle. Right. And can you please explain that a bit more? Um, so the Dyson Light Cycle uses a uniquely developed algorithm which takes your GPS location, the time and the date, and it then calculates the exact properties for natural light wherever you are. And then crucially, it then tracks the changes to these throughout the day and throughout the year. So no matter where you are in the world, um, on any given day, the light is different. And this is what our algorithm can, um, can calculate and then replicate with the product. Um, can you define natural light? Um, so we define natural light as, as what you would experience if you were outside um, on a clear day, I should say. So we, we're, not trying to, um, we're not trying to simulate bad weather. Um, we know particularly um, in some of the nor northern European uh, countries, um, we see people suffering from seasonal affective disorder, right. which often is brought on by short days and kind of grey skies and bad, um, bad natural lighting. So we're replicating what would be a perfect sunny day. Okay. Um, and how do you measure, uh, measure that and what units do you use to measure that? Is that, is that lumens? So the, the algorithm we developed you, uh, effectively tells our, our custom driver and our 32-bit microprocessor, which is packed right. into the, the head of the product. It tells it um, what color temperature to mix our, our three warm and three cool LEDs to, and also what intensity for those to produce. And it's that um, with, with natural lighting throughout the day, we see both changes in color temperature, so the, the, the hue of the light, warm to cool, um, and we also see changes in the intensity, really big swings. So in the morning when the sun rises, we can all have that image of like a warm, orange, ready sunrise, bit mm -hmm. dimmer. And then there'll be then approach solar noon, so when the sun is highest in the sky, that's when um, it's producing its most kind of cool, blue, very intense light. And then back down into a sunset, uh, it gets warmer and dimmer again. And that's what our, um, and again, that is unique to every location on the planet and every day, and our product's able to re recreate that. And that would change with seasons, though, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So every single day is different. Uh, as we know, the, the time the sun rises and sets is different every single day. Um, and the properties you get from the sun as it passes throughout the sky on any given day are different. Okay, so on a practical level, in, in, let's let's talk w workplaces. Um, 
how will this affect the lighting design of, of I hate to say, the typical workplace? I think getting people access to natural light is, is always the best thing. However, just due to practicalities, that's not always possible. Um, so then giving them what you know is a, is a runner-up, a second best, or something that can support their body clock and support that natural cycle is really, really important. Okay, so let's go back to the research. Where are we with with research into lining? Like in terms of are we have we discovered everything there is to know, or or are we only at the tip? Oh, always I, I feel like we're we're at the tip, and we've we've barely discovered anything. But uh, that's that's a good attitude in general to have in science. You don't want to think your job's done. Uh, we know now things like our, our clocks, our circadian clocks, are maximally sensitive to blue light, etc. And we've we've known that for a little while. But now we're discovering new things like those photoreceptive cells in your eye that, that respond to day and night. They feed into areas of the brain that are involved in mood regulation, alertness, fear processing. So there, there are a lot of things that we're, we're discovering all the time. Uh, so more and more the picture is evolving that uh, light is even more important than we thought. It's involved in more basic cognition um, basic emotions. Uh, so there's there's much more to do. So, are you saying that let, let's let's talk from a, from a health point of view? You could actually replace maybe mood altering drugs with terms of with, within terms of lighting. Well, that that's been done. Oh, ha- it has been done. Has it? Okay. So the use of light for as an antidepressant's been been around for a while. And a few years ago, there was a, a paper studied uh, paper published where they uh, compared uh, a classic SSRI antidepressant medication to light therapy and found that the light therapy was better. The combination was better still. And I published something, actually they're they're quite synergistic, I published something last year showing that uh, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, SSRI, it's the the classic uh, antidepressant used today, actually boosts how you respond to light. So they probably work together, and I think they work together by enhancing the mood-elevating effects of light. You know, when we go outside on a sunny day, we, we feel good. There's a physical reason for that. When we go outside and, and it's gloomier, there's a reason for that. It's, it's a direct effect of light on your mood. It's probably part of the reason why we keep using our phones at night and we're drawn to these phones. Let's talk about, um, you know, hospitals, recovery. Uh, is there a, um, uh, a, a place for this technology in, 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 the, in that area? Yes, absolutely. It's been known for, for a little while, at least in, in animal models, if, if you mess up rhythms with light, you can affect the recovery from surgeries. So there's definitely a place for the use of circadian lighting principles, so, so good lighting, so dim at night, very bright in the day, and, and using the same sort of ideas that uh, light cycles using to optimize recovery from surgery and optimize health. Okay, um, and my favorite, my favorite um, problem, jet lag. Yeah, well, jet lag is, is uh, the 
ultimate example of, of a clock gone wrong. So you're in your, your clock is thinking it's you know, the time, uh, local time, and now you've gone to some other place and, and your, your clock is wrong about what time of day it is. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you land at the wrong time, the, the light in your new environment can push you in the wrong direction. I know when you generally go from the, the UK to Australia, uh, if you land in the morning, you tend to land at a time that's pushing your clock in the wrong direction. So it can take weeks to adjust. And unfortunately, when when that occurs, when you're when you're misaligned and your rhythms are messed up like that, it, it results in in quite poor mood amongst other problems. But you don't experience jet lag and say, "Well, I feel great. I'm I'm elated." You feel miserable. And we do think that. A lot of people in general out in the world because of their bad lighting in their home are experiencing a low-grade general jet lag, a little bit of a jet lag all the time. And so c- controlling that and having good circadian principles in your home with your lighting can counteract what's this low-grade perpetual jet lag that, that might be bringing your mood down to not clinical levels necessarily, but it's not helping you feel better. Now, I was going to say, um, so let's talk about education because there are applications for education here too because, you know, in terms of, of students, ch- kids, whatever you want to call them, um, needing to, you know, focus, <laughs> uh, teenagers needing to focus, there's, a, there, there's a dichotomy. Um, is there a, a, a place for this technology in, in education as well? I think there's a place for this technology absolutely everywhere. You know, wherever we are, um, you know, living, working, you know, existing as a as a ra- as a as a race, we we should have this technology. We should have a- access to natural light, or we should have lighting, artificial lighting, which is um, not disrupting our body clocks and certainly reinforcing it. So it's absolutely everywhere. But and we'd, we we talked a little bit about healthcare. Um, we're actually starting, I won't say who it's with because we're in the very early stages of it, we're starting a clinical trial at a hospital um, in their intensive care unit because um, this this intensive care unit is entirely sealed off from, from natural light. Um, so both the patients and the, the doctors and nurses there have absolutely no idea if they're on night shift really what time of day it is, how they should be feeling and you get that. It's like when you leave the cinema in the middle of the day, you've gone from complete dark into the light, it's a bit dazzling. Um, so we're looking at putting our products in there and then measuring actually how it can improve um, people's response, re- improve their mood, um, reduce mistakes, things like that. The, this technology, firstly, are we talking LED style technology? Is that what, is that what we're talking? So we do use um, really, really high quality LEDs and we, we mix those using our custom designed algorithm to produce right. those um, that output that is very, very natural and tracks natural daylight. Okay, so there is an issue here. Oh, I'm sure there's, there's a, a, another benefit here, isn't there? There's a benefit of sustainability also because there's le- less use of electricity, less uh, need of power, uh, constant power. And obviously, if you're if you're changing the, the 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 brightness, I guess then you're also changing the electrical uh, input to those LEDs. That's right. Um, so we, we design light cycle to be really, really efficient anyway, because um, you know it has to compete against of course um, all these other products and also give people benefits of daylight tracking. Um, but we've actually built in some additional intelligence into the into the machine that allows it to be even more efficient. So it has two sensors embedded into the head um, that can understand and react intelligently to changes in the environment. The first one of those is an ambient light sensor. So if you're working near a window, say, um, and the sun goes down, rather than having to increase all the lighting in an office floor, the light will actually just increase itself 
to, to maintain that level of illumination. So you're never straining to read something or do some work. And equally, if the sun goes down or the clouds disappear, someone opens the blinds. Mm -hmm. So there's more ambient light in the room. Uh, the product will actually decrease itself down. So you're, never, you're not getting too much, you're not getting dis discomfort or glare, but also you're saving energy. The second sensor we use is just a proximity sensor. Right. Um, so that means that when you're sat down using the light, it turns on. If you go up to make a cup of coffee or go to a meeting or, or go home, it turns itself off. So it's, you've never got lights that are, that are on with no one using them, saving energy. Is there a figure you can give me in terms of the the saving in electricity? I mean, I, I know that I know that it varies and it depends, but can we have a, a ballpark? It's really difficult to say. It t depends uh, totally on where you are, what the conditions are, how the ambient light is changing. You know, um, what kind of work you're doing, whether you are sat at your desk for long periods or whether you're um, going up and back quite frequently. But the savings can be huge if the, the amount of time I see, you know, both office lighting or task lighting in offices just on with no one there it's it's uh, shameful really because it's just wasted energy yeah but and it's not just then 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 on top of that you've also got the increases in productivity don't you um, it's not just that you're saving saving energy you're actually employees staff whatever are actually becoming more productive are actually outputting more therefore the light kind of I hate to say it pays for itself but it pays for itself right we think there's a lot of value there um, again we've as long along with the daylight tracking which is meant to be reinforcing people's body clocks making them um, hopefully sleep better um, we have designed all of our own optics and our, we have a custom optical design um, and that means that we're mitigating against things like uh, glare um, flicker and also insufficient illumination and these are all things that can cause eye strain they can um, cause visual fatigue um, so again, we, we design our uh, product to be really powerful, but we direct that using a custom heptagonal reflector down towards the task that someone is doing, so it's shielding their eyes from glare, they're not getting discomfort. We use a, uh, a split-level uh, diffusion film, and that mixes the light to be very, very natural and very, very uniform. Um, again, making it easier to concentrate, you get better visual acuity when you have high levels of illumination, very, very high uniform light. And we also have our own custom-designed driver, so the flicker uh, rating is very very low as well so flicker particularly with old of older offices that had uh, fluorescent lighting has even been linked to things like headaches and sick days um, so we make sure that our product is really really good in all of those areas in terms of initial cost it, it obviously there's a bigger initial cost well I'm, I'm, I know I'm harking on this but uh, people who listen to this will really want to have some sort of idea in terms of uh, I guess um, you know ROI, I hate that term, but you know, ROI. So the, the cost will be higher, obviously, but the, the payback over a set period of time would, 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 be, would far outstrip that, would you not say? Absolutely. And we, you know, other than just talking about electrical bills, um, we're now starting to try and quantify you know, the human benefit, which is at the moment very intangible, but it's, it's Sean's work really, which is allowing us to really understand how big this iceberg is and we, you know, we really are only looking at the tip of it at the moment but if we're able to make people feel and function better that you know should be priceless to us really but lack of sleep or bad sleep for australian employees is costing the economy i don't know how they came up with this figure it's like 10 billion dollars wow. okay that's that for 25 million people that's that's serious so 
this could go. That, that's a, that's a tangible benefit, I assume. Um, you know, making us more efficient as 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 humans, as workers. Um, but I guess it also would help if we were all healthier too, wouldn't it? Yeah, certainly. And it's not just the sleep. You're right. So you're, you have a clock in, in your brain. It's connected to all sorts of other tissue in your brain that's, that's rhythmic. But you also have clocks throughout your body. You're, you're essentially made of clocks. So your heart has clocks. Your liver has clocks, pancreas. If, if you've got a tissue, most of it has clocks. So when you're disrupted in your rhythms, you're exposed to bad lighting schedules and bad light in general, uh, eventually that can impact health throughout your body. So if, you, if you're under good light-dark cycles, you'll tend to have uh, better general health. One of the things that you see very quickly, as I mentioned before, was problems with mood when you disrupt mm-hmm. your rhythms. Um, but you, you see other problems as well. Uh, we've, we've seen people doing studies where they disrupt the clock for a while and you can impact metabolic health. We know that things like shift work is associated with higher rates of you know, cardiovascular disease, uh, type 2 diabetes, etc. So really the circadian health we're starting to appreciate is the foundation of good general health. And sleep is really only, only one of those things. But to go back to what you were mentioning before about productivity, apart from that, that general effect of lighting and synchronizing your clock and synchronizing your whole body so your tissue knows what time of day it is, it's doing the right job at the right time, light also has an immediate effect on your mood and on your alertness. So if you're under, if you're tired in the, in the middle of the day, uh, that light, if it's, if it's the right light and it's really activating these what we call circadian photoreceptors, then it's going to almost be like having a you know, shot of coffee. It, could, it can uplift you. It can, it can elevate your mood a little bit, elevate your, your alertness, and perhaps benefit your productivity as well. So it's it's really both things. It's it's an acute effect of light, but it's also that effect of having healthier rhythms and healthier, um, you know, general health, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about um, uh, the aging issue. You know, there is actually, um, I think you, I think you guys actually, or I think I think you, um, Sean, did did some work on changing changing light and for changing ages. How does that work? Sure. I, I've done some work showing that um, adolescents, um, the younger they are, the more sensitive they are to light. So light at night, like I said before, it kind of tricks your clock into thinking it's day when it's night. And young, the younger you are, the less light you need. So with you know, young adolescents, especially prepubescent adolescents, they're, they're super sensitive. But we also know that with advanced age, it's the other way around, so they're far less sensitive. Their circadian rhythms are far less sensitive to light than than younger folks. And part of that is like yellowing of, of the lens. You know, you, you blocks out that blue light that your your clock needs. Uh, but there's probably changes in the brain as well. So where do you think a light cycle, or what industry, or what part of society you think will ta- would be the first take up of, of technologies like light cycles? Um, if, if we think about the office environment or our work environment, again, it should be for all ages. Um, we know that if you're 65, you can actually need up to four times more light than you do if you're 20. Um, so rather than, again, having general lighting everywhere, trying to please everybody, you've got potentially 
half the workforce who are younger who are getting too much light, they might be getting discomfort and glare, and you've got half the workforce who are potentially straining to read or getting discomfort and eye strain. Um, so again, with LightCycle, actually through our Dyson Link application, you can tell it your age, and then in certain modes, it will actually offset the amount of light that it gives you. So if you're slightly younger, it'll give you less light, so you're not getting discomfort or glare. If you're slightly older, it'll give you more light, so you can you can continue to read, find text, and do whatever it is you need to do. A live example of that is you often see people in restaurants getting their phone lights out to try and read the menu if it's a little bit dark, and that's just because you know eyes naturally uh, age and they start to kind of harden and yellow and that just means that you need more light to be able to, to read and do things. I've always wondered why restaurants are so are so dark and play music so loud. That's what I, I'll never understand that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, like in a workplace, for example, you've got all people of different ages, you know, you have a young person sitting next to an older person. How does that work? Like, are people connected to the app individually? Is that is that how it works? One app would connect to one product. So if you have a fixed workspace or a fixed work area, you can connect to the product. Um, and how old you are and get, get access to all those advanced features such as daylight tracking, custom scenes, scheduling, as, as well as this age-adjust feature. Um, we have seen it deployed where um, offices can reduce their overall, their kind of their general lighting, reducing their power bill, um, just to give enough to kind of circulate around and, and navigate without bumping into things. And then on individual workstations or work areas, we deploy the lights to then give you that kind of precise, targeted, daylight tracking and age-adjusted light. Will Darvel, and it's Associate Professor Sean Kane, isn't it? My apologies, I didn't introduce That's you correctly. Correct. Dare I say, this has been an illuminating, and I've been waiting all, all afternoon to say that, an illuminating discussion. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye.